The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the process to build and the value of a community on Facebook. Joining us is Christina Gendali, who is a business growth strategist at Deliver Your Genius, which is her consultancy that helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners find independence through building communities. And today, Christina is going to walk us through why building a community specifically on Facebook is a valuable marketing asset. Okay. Here's my conversation with Christina Gendali, business growth strategist at Deliver Your Genius. Christina, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to have you on the show. Good to reconnect. We talked a couple of weeks ago. I'm interested in growing a Facebook community to help engage other people that might be interested in the MarTech Podcast. We were connected through mutual friends and you sold me. It's something that we have in our plans to start building our community, not just on the podcast, but in other social media channels. And through your advice, we bumped Facebook up on our plans. Talk to me a little bit about why community is so important and tell everybody else that's listening to this podcast about why you recommend Facebook to be the primary driver of community. I think the big thing, we're starting to see a big shift, especially in the online business space people that are using online strategies, social media strategies in an effort to build their business. And we're starting to see is that there's this deep desire shifting away from what I call old school marketing, where it always felt like mass production, one to many. It was like people felt like they were one of thousands of people. Things didn't feel very personalized. We're really moving to an era where there's a deep desire for authenticity for connection, for trueness, for two-way interaction and conversation. People don't want to be distances away from the people that they want to invest in, companies that they want to invest in, they want to feel like they're part of it or that they have a buy-in to that. And communities are the perfect place to just create conversation around your marketing material that you're putting out, you know, in regards to podcasts and create conversation around what people are talking about on the show to create conversation about what's going on with your ideal clients, with the people that you're serving, with your customers, what's going on with them so that you can be part, bring them as part of the conversation and have them in as a sense of belonging. And community is really the place to be able to do that. There's no other place online right now that you have the opportunity to create that level of community. If you think about social media platforms like Instagram, 
stories are super popular right now. They last for a day and then they disappear. And then anything that you have on your post is sort of disappearing through this feed. And you don't really have a sense of community. If you scroll through comments on Instagram, a lot of it's very superficial. People are doing it as a strategy to be able to get seen and commenting. If you look at other social media platforms, even just Facebook in general as itself, think about your business page on Facebook as being like the storefront for your business, where you have the opportunity to be able to give people a peek inside as to like why they would want to come in or the way they're going to take a look. It's like an online business card. It's a storefront. It's giving people a teaser and inviting them to come somewhere else. Whereas your Facebook group is like this community. It's like, come on inside and you're welcoming people into your digital living room where you have the opportunity to have real conversation and have your ideal clients and your customers feel like they're part of something, part of your business. And so Facebook groups are really an awesome opportunity to be able to establish that. So the point here is that interactivity is really what community is about. And it gives you the ability not to just communicate with your customers in a one-to-many fashion, but you allow them to communicate with each other. And you can also have direct interaction in a more of a forum setting. You mentioned Facebook a couple of times and how there's various social media channels that can allow this sort of one-to-many interaction Why do you recommend Facebook as opposed to there's community-specific software, there's forums that you can host on your website? What is it about Facebook that you believe makes it the best medium for creating and building a community? Well, the one thing is that people are already on Facebook. I know that sometimes many people are thinking, my people, my ideal clients and my customers are on Facebook, but whether they're there for related to your business or not, they're looking at pictures of family, friends, and they're already active on the platform. So it gives you the opportunity to be somewhere where people are already spending time. The user base is the highest user base in regards to daily active users than any other social media platform. So you're making it easy for people to be part of. If you're trying to train people to be on another platform that they're not used to being on, in regards to reminders and having people on there, you're, you're making it a much bigger stretch for them rather than being somewhere they're already spending time so that when you are on their newsfeed and when you are interacting in the Facebook group, it's popping up on their newsfeed as well. So it's an easier, low barrier of entry. Plus, one of the benefits is too, is that Facebook, they've got an incredible amount of data. And as a result of that, they're going to push out and recommend your group to other people that are similar to those that are already in your group. So they'll have this when your group is growing, when you have engagement in your group, Facebook naturally starts putting it out to other people that are similar to your ideal members. So they actually start doing the marketing for you. So there's a lot of benefits of being able to have it on Facebook. I think the biggest thing is be where people are already spending time, make it easy for them. And when you're making it easy for them, you can stay in top of mind, you can stay present, you're going to be showing up in their feed and reminding them to come into the group until it starts becoming the thing that they go and and jump into each day because they want to see what's going on. So you're removing a big barrier to entry in terms of your initial adoption by using the Facebook platform. You don't have to drive someone to a website, into a forum. You don't have to go through any sort of registration process by moving your community away from a self-contained or a self-owned community onto Facebook. On the flip side, you mentioned that Facebook has access to data. They're also going to do some marketing for you but you don't necessarily get access to that data. How do you think about the value of the content that's being created in the community? And is there a way to leverage what's happening in your community and in your group on Facebook in a way that the content is valuable? If you own it on your own platform, you get all the SEO benefits, you get all the data of who is in your group yourself. You don't get that in Facebook. How do you balance those two issues? 
there's a few ways of going about doing this as well. I always teach my students that you don't want to just have people in your community and your Facebook group and not own the asset because the reality is social media platforms change. There's going to be, you know, things may change at some point in time where they're not being run the same way. So you want to always make sure you own the asset. And what I mean by that is that you want to gather contact information for your members so that you have the opportunity to have them on your email list. You have the opportunity to market to them in other platforms as well. So your Facebook group actually serves as a tool for building community and creating community and building a following, but it also allows you to be building your email list. So you want to be able to optimize your group so that you are able to have those people's contact information and be able to market to them on email, which pulls them onto your website. If you're sending them to a blog or you're sending them to articles that you're posting, or you're sending them to, to places where you have them on your website. So you're going to have the community in your Facebook group, but you're going to pull them off and also own the assets so that no matter what happens, you have the opportunity to continue to market them, even if something changes down the road with Facebook. Is there a way to use the content that's created in your community for organic growth, right? If you're having these conversations and you're creating a lot of content, is there a way to port that onto a website outside of the Facebook environment so you can take advantage of the content for SEO purposes? You could certainly duplicate some of the content and be posting it on your website. My recommendation is when it comes to Facebook groups is that you don't want it to be public where everyone can see what's going on in the Facebook group unless they're a member of the Facebook group. Because one of the reasons why it creates a sense of community is also a sense of safety. So people feel open and vulnerable to be able to ask questions, to be able to share things that they might not want to share with the whole outside world. So I don't recommend that you have your content public. You don't have your group set up as being public but you have access to it. But that being said, you can share content from your business page into your Facebook group and have that viewable to on the outside. It's just important that the community and conversation piece of the group stays within the group, but you can certainly take some of that core content pieces that you're creating in your group and repurpose it on multiple different platforms. And like you were talking about, have SEO advantage of that. But the big piece is that the sense of community comes from being there and the growth on the outside. I think what you're referring to is you know, how do I capitalize on And that really comes from repurposing some of the pieces of your core content that you be sharing in your group. Yeah. One of the things when we had Community Week, this was a while ago on the MarTech podcast, I interviewed Rachel McCool, who's the head of community at GoDaddy. She was also the head of community when we worked together at eBay. And one of her pieces of advice for creating a community was to have moderators who are community members who you're trying to give a hat tip to that they are valued members of the community and that they are special, but that comes with responsibility that they're responsible for not only policing the community, but also highlighting what the best interactions are. And it seems to me that this is a great potential use for moderators where when you have a conversation that is insightful and valuable and can make good SEO content, you can use your moderators to bubble that up and then decide to put it on your website or not. Absolutely. I mean, having moderators makes your job so much easier. And the thing is, people love to feel like they have an important role in the community as well. So recognizing some of your key members inside of your group and acknowledging them for the role that they're playing those few key players love to be part of that and love to take on the ownership of being able to create that space and to create that community. Talk to me more about the community building point. At what point is a community valuable? How much effort do you have to put in to cultivate a community? I know that you said Facebook does some marketing and you know has their algorithm to try to find people that would be interested. At what point does a community become valuable and how much work do you have to put in to grow it? So 
how much work that you have to put in to grow it initially. I say that half an hour a day to manage your group for full management of your group and you can outsource some of that is an acceptable idea of what you'd be spending time on maybe an hour at the very most when you're just getting started and kind of learning the ropes a little bit. So it doesn't need to take a huge amount of time, but when does it become valuable? I mean, we've had students that just started a group that have had less than a hundred Facebook group members in their group create five figures and one offer that they put together in a single month and then go on to more. So it depends on what it is that you get to create all the way from we can go into this as well. Like there's a pop-up Facebook group strategy and a long-term Facebook group strategy. But with a pop-up Facebook group strategy, you can have a Facebook group that's only open for a few weeks to run a promotion and bring people through and be able to see that build out into six-figure, seven-figure, multi-seven-figure launches as a result of the community that's created in that time frame. So there's two different methods of that. But when does it actually become valuable? You can start monetizing your Facebook group right out of the gate within just a few weeks of starting your Facebook group. I'd say, you know, within four weeks of starting your Facebook group, you can start to monetize it and you have the opportunity to scale from there. So it really depends on the business model, what it is that you want to be moving people into and the the purpose behind it. But you don't, it's not one of these build it and wait and hope that, you know, one day I, I can profit from it is that you can start monetizing it right away. So you mentioned monetization and you know I think that there's the opportunity when you're building a group to sell content assets your your courses this is my understanding of what your core offering is as a consultant is helping people become independent right monetize their time build digital assets that they can sell and build communities around sharing their skills what are some of the ways outside of I have experience and I'm going to build a course? Have you seen companies and, and more specifically, where have you seen brands start to leverage and monetize their Facebook groups? I think that we've seen examples of monetization in Facebook groups for you know companies like ClickFunnels using it for their buyers and being able to have opportunities of moving people through. So technology companies that are using it for support for buyers and having the opportunity to offer other services or other upgrades that they have. We've seen people like Gabby Bernstein using it during her book launches to build excitement as she's doing her book launch and doing a book tour and getting people excited and sharing and building community around it. So I think from every aspect of whether you're selling services online, whether you're selling products on like physical products online, whether it's a technology, whether it is doing for a book launch, it really gives you the opportunity to be able to create a following in a community of raving fans of people that are excited. Think about your community is like, it's about the people and the people that you're serving, what you're offering, what you're selling, or however you're monetizing is secondary to that. Your community is for the people that are the, the ideal candidates for whatever your monetization is. But you're building a sense of it's really more focused on the movement and the people and a sense of belonging and camaraderie and connectedness between the members. I understand a lot of the value that you're saying in terms of building in terms of building a community mostly on the Facebook platform it can help you do lead acquisition helps you communicate builds camaraderie gives you another path to get your marketing messages out there another vehicle to try to monetize what are some of the potential risks of building a community I think one of the key things is that if you're not clear first in regards to the vibe of your community and how you want things to be and you're not clear as to the rules that you want to have in place for your group, and you're not 
continually managing what that looks like and making sure that people are along, falling alongside with that. You can have people that are coming in and spamming inside of your group trying to sell their stuff, or you can have people that are negative Nancy's coming in and <laughs> complaining about things that aren't their way or what they're looking for. So you can have, I think it's really important that you're starting with the true foundation of how you want your group to look and feel the type of people that you want to have in there. And be very clear as to what's accepted inside of your group, what rules that you have and what you don't. Because if you don't manage that, it takes one person that can really pull down the experience of the group and have people shut down. So I think that's one of the biggest things to be aware of is making sure that you are managing, making sure that you aren't having the group full of people that are spamming and including links and being clear as to what your rules are and making sure that your community managers are enforcing what those rules are so that things are following aligned with the way that you want them to and making sure that you're nipping things in the bud when they do come up. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's an important thing to call out is that building a community is a marketing strategy that takes consistent effort in the same way that building a content strategy does. You have to regularly publish content for it to build value. And you have to regularly regularly manage and moderate your community to A, build it and B, avoid it turning into an angry mob. Christina, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us a little bit about the value of community and specifically about Facebook. And I'm really excited to talk to you more about it and specifically about the dynamics for how to launch and scale a community in tomorrow's episode. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Christina Jandali, business growth strategist at Deliver Your Genius for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow morning, Christina is going to talk to us about her playbook for launching and scaling a community on Facebook. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Christina, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can follow her on Instagram. Her handle is christina.jandali, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A dot J-A-N-D-A-L-I. Or you could visit her website, which is deliveryourgenius.com. I'll add that there's also a great marketing checklist on the homepage of our website. Definitely something that you should check out. Just one link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and the contact information for our guests. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter or send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Christina Jandali, business growth strategist at Deliver Your Genius, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.